Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Welcome into a Friday edition of the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for the Blonde Bomber. And, oh, yeah, we do have him back again as well. Behind the glass, the famous CD, Clint Domain, holding us all in line and having a ton of fun with you this Friday afternoon. CD, Friday vibes, old school vibes. I'm feeling it today, my man. I'm feeling it today, too. And also, I'm wondering how I managed to get in here two days in a row. Like, I don't know how it wound up happening. My guy James out there ripping lips out there on Grand Isle. Hopefully finding himself a woman. It's a tough job. Somebody got to do it. You know, exactly. probably out there hanging out at Artie's, fishing yeah. catching the specs. You got to love that. Hey, big ups to our guy James Mesh. Birthday weekend, too. Yeah. So I'm sure he's having a large time. But we have a large time planned for you guys. And, of course, we're broadcasting live from the Egg. FCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. And hey, if you want to see the beautiful mugs that CD and I have upon us, make sure you head over to Simulcast Stadium Network at 32.3 or 133 on LUS Fiber. <sighs> CD, the weekend got started a little early for Tiger fans yesterday. As you mentioned in the two-minute drill, LSU absolutely dismantled Kentucky last night of the tune of 16-6. to Two grand slams. Jordan Thompson hit him one. What, four straight games with a home run? Not to be outdone, his roommate, Joe Bear, the Slidell product, comes out and hits his own grand slam as LSU was able to rack up 11 runs in the first two innings before cruising to that big victory. Kay Beloso, who's been on a hitting tear himself, he added a three-run bomb the very next inning. And and Skeens, look, I'm not worried about Skeens. He, he had probably his worst outing of the young season where he gave up four earned runs, seven hits, walked one guy, but still 13 strikeouts. Still was dominant at times when he needed to be. His last inning struck out the side. Maybe the slider wouldn't as sharp. Maybe he didn't have as much bend in the breaking ball, but Hey, look, he was still running them up there, 99-100, swing and miss type stuff. You know, he, he has that whiff rate, plus 60% on the fastball. It's, it's unbelievable, unreal how dominant he can be when he wants to be. He was spotting the fastball better as the game went on. He had a couple cheap base hits early in the game. Maybe that's why they got a run or two early on, but... Look, Paul Skeens is going to be just fine. Riley Cooper comes in, hefty lefty, goes two innings, gives up one run, and they shut the door. Ten run ruled, the number one RPI team in the country in eight innings. That's how you start out a weekend, Clint. It's how you start off a weekend, and what's interesting is, I don't know if you saw that or not, but this is the first time... LSU had had two grand slams in a single game since, since 2009. We all know how that season ended. Right. <laughs> Against Illinois, right, it was the last time it happened. They actually had three in that ball game. It's it's wild to see one, let alone two <laughs> or back-to-back three. back-to-back innings too, right? Yeah. Like it's two a, roommates, no big deal. Yeah, you know? 
NBD, nothing to worry about. But the fact you did that, and you look at the history books, again, we talk about trends. You did that in 2009. Look what the end result was. You want to be in te- beating Texas in the College World Series to win it all the last time you won the College World Series. And I remember where I was for Game 3, and it's actually kind of funny because me and my dad, we want to, he had some work to go do, and we were going to catch an Astros day game that Thursday. That Wednesday was Game 3 in Houston. I'm telling you, like that was the best worst place to be for College World Series, the game to decide it all for the College World Series on a Wednesday night. It was a beautiful game. It was a fantastic game. But being in Texas was not where you would want to be. Are, are you kind of wanted from, to be, though, right? From, I mean, when yeah. your team's winning, it's kind of fun. Exactly. No, whenever LSU, whenever Louisiana's winning, it's always a good time. But you, I guarantee you, if you were wearing purple or gold out in Austin that day, you may not have, you may have, <laughs> may have left with a couple bruises and some battle scars. Well, Kentucky's going to come into tonight's ball game with a ton of bruises and battle scars. They're going to pitch Logan Martin, the right-hander, comes in with a one and one record in a 3.32 ERA. Of course, the Tigers are going to throw Ty Floyd, the typical Saturday starter, going tonight 5-0 and with a 3.67 ERA. Floyd's been really good. When they needed him to be good, he's been great. When he's had a little bit of trouble, he's been early on in ball games, and then he just puts the clamps on him. Seems to settle in as the game goes on. Be it nice to have another performance tonight and clinch this series before going into the Game 3 matchup tomorrow. Of course, LSU still teetering with that rotation, especially when it comes to the Sunday starter, or in this case, Saturday starter week. They're going to you know, go with Christian Little this week. You saw some Thatcher Hurd early in the season. Still trying to figure out where they want to go. Seems like, though, Christian Little the last couple weeks has been the guy they tend to go to. Yeah, and it's just going to be fun to see how things turn out because obviously if LSU wins this game, they take another series, and then you can kind of take the brakes off a little bit because you, you win series more like a night, you'll stay number one, and you'll get a little bit more love from that magical RPI, which we don't know how it makes any sense at all because <laughs> you still say like, you said they're still number one at the RPI, right? Yeah, Kentucky still won in the RPI. It right makes now. no sense. You you and I said it off the air. It's like, oh, hey, you know, computers don't make much sense when it comes to this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but a computer wound up giving you a national championship in 2007, so you can't necessarily hate all of it, right? You can't. And, and look, I, for good news for Tiger fans, though, if you want to look at the schedule, I mean, you started out with, at the time, a Texas A&M team that was a top-10 team in the country, and then you played Arkansas, followed by Tennessee and South Carolina, and then, oh, lo and behold, Kentucky, number one in the RPI, right? Just like everybody drew it up before the season started. It gets a little bit easier, though, for the Tigers and the SEC slate following that. I mean, you get to play Ole Miss, who is struggling mightily, the Alabama team that's kind of ho-hum, and then an Auburn and Mississippi State team who's just, quite frankly, not very good. To, it's to go- wild to think like Mississippi State and Ole Miss were considering kind of mid because a couple years ago, those two teams won national championships. It's it's crazy how quickly it could come, right? Especially in baseball. I I mean, well, it, it's any sport really. Go look at LSU football after twenty nineteen. <laughs> very very true. But I, the the point is though, the schedule gets easier, right? Not not that this team needs it to, but the schedule gets easier. You're on pace right now to win every series, finish with that magical twenty and ten record in conference play that automatically almost secures you a national seed when it comes to postseason time. But this team seems to be having that that ability to probably turn it on and play a little bit even better 
down the stretch. Oh, no, I agree. And uh, You talk about it, that 20-10 and 10 record, that you hit that magical number. But even then, right now you're 28-5. and five. Like, if the season ended today, you'd probably be the number one national seed, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to think that between, you know, LSU and South Carolina, it would be tip for tap to who would be the number one seed right now. I mean, and look, don't look now, but Vanderbilt, Florida, all playing very good baseball, too. I mean, we're talking about the national tournament, but that SEC tournament over in Hoover, well, that's going to be a good one this year as well. Oh, you mean the old uh, pulmonary invitational? <laughs> like, that's going to be interesting to see how, because this will be the first real year. I know Jay Johnson's in his second year as head coach, but I think everybody kind of tempered their expectations for 2021, 2020, excuse me, 2022. 2023, I think everybody's expectations heading into the year was Omaha or bust. And if they can put on a good performance in the SEC tournament, I think even before the tournament, they'll be considered a top eight or top five seed when the brackets get revealed on Memorial Day Monday. I'm almost certain that a good performance in there locks them in as a top three. And that's all you would ask for if you're LSU. I mean, look, you that get, could punch you punch your ticket almost immediately to the big dance. Well, I mean, look, you get in the top eight seed, you get to host those super regional games. That's what you want, right? That's what you play the whole season for, to give you that opportunity. Yeah. And LSU has a unique situation, right, where the home field advantage is phenomenal. I mean, it's a tough place to play over at Alex Bob. As long as you don't deal with them, uh, teams like Coastal Carolina or something like or something <laughs> or Stony of the Brook or something. I was going like to say that, right? I couldn't remember the other team off top, but Stony Brook, absolutely. And that's kind of getting back to what we were talking about earlier: disappointments. Like those that, losses. That season was pretty bad too, because I mean LSU won that that game right. The, the first game of the series against Stony Brook, Kevin Gosman came in yep. and got the win after game one. On the Saturday, after he got a little bit of a, a delay from Friday night to Saturday, and then he came back to start game two. Then you dropped both game two and three. That was a big disappointment that Stony Brook year. Yeah, and then you obviously, I think another disappointment had to be the year you lost to eventual national champion Coastal Carolina, right? Yeah, that was because again, that was a, there was a run of years, especially when I was starting to work here at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, where you could pretty much pick any year where that team was bound to be in the conversation to be in that final eight teams in Omaha. Coastal Carolina absolutely was one of those years where it was a real kind of gut punch and nobody thought they were going to see something like that happen. It was odd, for sure. I mean, yeah. you, you thought LSU every every year, you, you kind of just made plans to be at the box for Super Regional Weekend. And then, look, you're playing at the box, you think you have a pretty good shot, right, to make it to Omaha. And that was just, both of those seasons was kind of like, buzzsaw right like what, what the heck happened here yeah you just sit there in amazement at all that but this year is a year where i'm i think all of us here can say without a doubt jay johnson's got this team poised to do a lot like what kim mulkey did in year number two which kind of makes you wonder i know we're in the month of april we're no we haven't gotten to the spring game just <laughs> yet but you gotta think that if uh, hypotheticals let's throw it out there hypothetically LSU women women's basketball wins their first national championship ever you've got LSU baseball winning potentially their first national championship in baseball since 2009 you know that pressure is going to be on Brian Kelly to get things done and pump the brakes pump the brakes we're like like but tell me I'm wrong we're not even halfway through the SEC slate in baseball 
we still have to get through the spring game for football. Yeah. Well, I got to go in that direction. No. Oh, and by the way, LSU Gymnastics, they're going to play for a national championship this weekend too, right? After winning. Yeah. They they last night they're, they're they they're got they up. got through the I mean I guess it's the elite eight now it's the final four because is that how it works yeah because it's 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 weird almost but here's the thing gymnastics we know what they what they are every year they're like this even after DD bro they were still but making I, I think just a surprise that they're in the, the championship this year I'd agree. I don't I don't think this was expected especially with all the injuries they dealt with I agree with you you know but obviously all the attention for the most part this year hasn't been on the actual actual competitors the athletes it's been more on them uh, Livy Dunn and justifiably so respectfully let's go ahead and leave it leave it at that we we, we sure can we'll, we'll talk a little bit about injuries as well Gavin Dugal last night went down with an injury it looked like maybe a separated shoulder he reached for a ball into the gap made a dive for it at second base and he had to come out the game i, I know coach Jay Johnson after the game said that hey he got good news from the trainers, and that's that's a welcome sight. I mean, look, I don't think this team will be quite where they're at today if it wasn't for Gavin Dugay. He's been Mr. Clutch all year long, just a week ago, hitting that grand slam against South Carolina in game two to give him that opportunity to come from behind and win. He's a piece of the puzzle that's important, Clint. Five-year, fifth-year senior. Exactly. He's a huge part of that puzzle, but at the same time, you look at what all that they've developed over the last few years, especially with guys like Dylan Cruz, it if he's out for the rest of the series, okay. But let's let's kind of focus on what he can do going into Ole Miss, Mississippi State, like you said. They're not necessarily the the world beaters that they were a few years ago, but there's no doubt in my mind I wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to have Gavin Dugas or Duga. Uh, that's a debate I think we've been having ever since he joined the program, like right? Dugas, Duga. I mean, it's it's it just depends on what side you, of the interstate you're from. Yeah, I mean, look, it's Duga here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but it's like and he, has he actually gone on the record and said something about this? Because it, I mean, I know he's from Homa, which I can about imagine on that side of the interstate, it's Dugas. I mean, I can see it. The, can see the it. great debate about whether or not how to pronounce guys' names from Louisiana—it's a tradition unlike any other. It's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do at second base, though. Last night, Ben Napolk came through and played second base. He he's hit the ball a lot better this season, second year with the team. I mean, look, Pearson is a guy who can maybe move to outfield. Can Joe Bear play at second? I, I don't know if that's really a th- something they want to look at doing. Gavin Guidry, you know, the Barb Project, who came in as a shortstop, has been playing, uh, has been playing the role of closer over the last week or so for this Tiger team. It's going to be kind of interesting to see the options they have. And if you if you know the mo of Jay Johnson this year, it's getting the best bat in the lineup. You know, I mean, I think he'll sub, you know, sacrifice a little defense to get the better bat in the lineup. So I, I'm kind of looking to see what happens tonight, and then let's figure out how long Gavin Dugas is going to be out for. Oh, I agree, and hopefully it's not too long before he's back in the saddle. No, I mean, that guy's just a spark plug. Instant offense. Power. could kind of do it all. If you need a big hit, look Gavin Dugas' way, and he'll get it done. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but stick around. Still a ton of fun to get to on this Friday edition of the Jordy Holberg Show right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Then Jordy Holberg was draining three-pointers with ease way before Steph Curry came on the scene or was even born. Now back to the Jordy Holberg Show on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Thank you. 
Welcome back into the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for Jordy this Friday afternoon and having a great time with the famous Scent Clint D CD over here in the Avco Development Studios. And of course, if you guys want to join in on all the fun, the game hotline is wide open 337-706-0111. And we're pretty much free to talk about whatever your little heart desires on this beautiful Friday afternoon. I mean, we, we have baseball we could talk about. If you want to talk some NFL draft, some spring football, some teams having their spring games this week, mainly the Florida Gators CD. Did you catch a little bit of that? I didn't, actually. I hadn't seen much of that. Saw a little bit of it at lunch, and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> you, I mean, look, the, the quarterback situation in Florida is, is not a good one. Billy Napier, um, I, I think in the first half is – quarterbacks on both teams threw for a total of like 18 yards total with both teams struggling to move the football I think he openly came out after the game and said hey I think we need to hit the portal no Anthony Richards uh, Anthony Richardson coming back for the Florida Gators oh yeah no it's it's not a great start for Billy Napier over in Florida which I it, it felt like everything was kind of ready made for this team and again they started off Last year, beating Utah, but again, Utah's Utah because like, every year they're hyped up a little too much, and Florida wound up coming away with a nice win to start off the year, but just fell off the cliff after that. And another thing, I don't know what the hype is around Anthony Richardson. Good player, but like I'm seeing the mock drafts. First off, four quarterbacks going in the first round. I'm seeing Kuyper and CBS Sports. I saw a mock draft this morning, and I'm like, wait. Are y'all being serious right now? Would you right take now? any of them cats? No. I mean, think about the guys who came before him. And you talk about somebody like, okay, I, I know Lamar is a ton in the news right now talking about his contract yeah. dispute. But look, he, he he's a better project than Lamar Jackson. You know, the same one who won an MVP in the NFL. Yeah. He's a better prospect than that. A Heisman Trophy winner who put up video game numbers at Louisville when he was a guy who couldn't get out of his own way in Gainesville. You're telling me you would take somebody like that that early? Bet that much on somebody like that? CD, tell I, me. I don't get it. No, I don't understand it either. Like, I'm blown away by seeing, you know, again, when you look at the, uh, like, this mock draft blew me away when I saw it. More because of just maybe the outright stupidity with some of this. Again, Bryce Young, I get. Bryce Young has been the predetermined number one since the end of last year's draft. CJ Stroud, okay, because. Let's be honest, Davis Mills ain't doing a damn thing for Houston. I get that. But the third pick is Anthony Richardson to the Lions. Jared Goff got plenty, like, tread on them tires. Like, why are you going get another quarterback? I understand Jared Goff's not the best, but he's doing pretty doggone well for the Lions right now. Somebody's sitting down there that's drafting, you know, from three to nines and saying, y'all get these quarterbacks. Y'all go get them. I'm going to get Will Anderson, edge player from Bama, who knows how to get after the quarterback, who's been productive at the college level against elite competition in the SEC. Give me that guy. To me, he's the best player in the draft. He's probably, In my opinion, he's the safest pick. And at one point, you know, the Saints could have probably landed him (laughs) if they had just, like, not traded C.D. Deuce before the season to the Eagles. And uh, like in this mock draft, I'm like, I would, I would have loved to have this pick. To be honest with you, Bijan Robinson out of Texas. I, I'm a, I love Bijan Robinson. I think like, he's that's a, a cat. And I understand you got Jamal Williams, but my God, 
B, I think Bijan, I'm like, okay, good. I have somebody like Jamal Williams while Alvin Kamara's out. But Bijan, I've been saying it since I saw him play against the Cajuns two seasons ago. That cat's got it. Oh, he's a, he's a stud. I mean, he, he's an every down back, catches the ball out the backfield, has great vision, and the speed, you know the speed is <laughs> through the roof. Um, you know, I, I think he would be a great player in, in, in the Saints' offense, but they got a ton of – I mean, the Saints need a lot of help, right? <laughs> they, they, they could use uh, a lot of these guys we're talking about. Uh, yeah, they need a lot of I – think, I think especially now, like I said, Jamal Williams, like heading – before getting the Jamal Williams deal done, by the way, he's quickly becoming my favorite player. I think I'd want to go more on the defensive side of the football rather than go offense because I think you need to get some guys in the trenches. Cam Jordan's not getting any younger. You got you lost David Onyemata to free agency, who, by the way, was really one of my underrated draft picks of all time kind of guy. I think you need to focus in on that because Peyton Turner experiment, that's not been panning out that well. Lost Marcus Davenport. you got to rebuild that front seven, and it starts with your defensive line and maybe a linebacker down the road. Because obviously, Demario Davis, one of the best free agent signings in Saints history on the defensive front, he's up there as well in terms of the age. And if you want to continue the quarterback talk, I like I like discussing the quarterbacks with you, CD. I mean, look, we like you mentioned Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. I mean, those guys one two. I don't really have that much gripe about that. You know, Will Will Levis has been somebody that they've praised. He's somebody that doesn't put up the numbers, though, right? Doesn't have the the accolades of some of the others. I mean, he gets big arm. Okay, big deal. So what? What has he done on the field? How's he been productive? Has he has he shown he could put up numbers? Hadn't seen it. Well, you know, you see somebody like a Hendon Hooker that might be able to kind of slide in into the first round as well. Everybody gets in desperation mode when it comes to quarterbacks. I much prefer to recycle one of these guys in the free agency than take a chance on somebody that hadn't even proved themselves at the college level. Let's head on over to the game hotline and bring on Martin. Martin, happy Friday. How are you? Man, you know how, how I know it's a great Friday? <laughs> Tell me how, Martin. Because we got Blaine Z and CD on the radio <laughs> air today, man. It's like man, old school, it's been a man. While since I heard y'all do this. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's been a while, man. The goat and the goat. It's like somebody goat, put you in a time machine and shook you back five, six years, huh? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I got to <laughs> pinch myself to see, see uh, you know, if we're going to go through COVID or not again, you know? I don't, no, I don't know. no, we, ju- we just. <laughs> Don't, they, don't wish that upon us. Like, they literally on Monday just, like, ended the order on the pandemic being kind of like a, a thing. So let's let's just yeah. not go back, Martin. Don't remind us about that, please. No, no, please not. The only thing that came good out the pandemic is nobody was driving on the streets a lot. <laughs> and I drive for a living. So I got to where I need to go in a hurry. I sure so got to work only- a lot quicker. I agree with that. What else is on your mind uh, today, Martin? Oh, okay, I heard you bring up B. John Robinson, okay? I hate to break the Saints fans for but my Cowboys are going to trade up and we're going we're gonna to drive B. John Robinson. That's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully, you know, we, we can get him. That's why we uh we got rid of that. Finally, I've been calling for it for, for at least a couple of years to get rid of Zeke Elliott. That, I mean, his better days are behind him, you know? And, uh... And I, I'm hoping we can get Bijan. Even even a uh, Spears out of Tulane, I'd be happy with because I think that'd make a good one too with Pollard and uh, Spears in the backfield. 
I mean, our defense is good. Now, I even seen on a mock draft, and I know he's not going to fall down that far. We'd have to trade up. But uh, the guy out of um, the D tackle out of Georgia, what's his name? I can never remember his name. Oh, you, he's not falling down that far to you. No. No, you, you, no you're talking I about Jalen Carter? Yeah, I was like, man, if we, we get him, I was I seen him in a in a mock draft going to the Cowboys. I was like, man, if if we can get him, Mike, Michael Parsons and him wouldn't be able to stop. But I, that's just wishful thinking. And I'm going to leave y'all on this note because you know I'm a Yankees hater. And I don't know if my buddy Paul is listening, but the, the Yankees are the twos. And the Astros are the ones. Acknowledge us. Have a good one, guys. Take care, Martin. Always appreciate the call. Who else? (laughs) Who else but Martin, brother? Who else but Martin? The the Yankees got absolutely shellacked yesterday by the Minnesota Twins. Love to see it, though. Yeah, you will never hear me complain when the Yankees take a beating like that. They were taken to the woodshed. Was it, what, 11-2 yesterday? I haven't heard from our guy Paul in a while. Like He kind of fell off a map for a minute. I know that's that's he calls in on foot all the time. I like I haven't heard him in a while. I'm sure he's he's convalescing somewhere. A lot like foot maybe is after a, a Astros loss. Uh, look, Stros though get get to bring in Texas Rangers over the weekend into the juice box. That's gonna be actually a better series than I think in most years. Like, well, they playing better right now, right? The they've Rangers. got a better like pitching staff. I was seeing something yesterday. I didn't even realize this that I'm a Odorizzi. He's a, he's out for the year though. Like. But he's done for the year and probably never going to pitch for the Rangers because this was a one-year deal he had through the trade with the Braves. That's that's wild to think about. Like literally, you get traded, have opportunity to kind of have another chance in the league, and then you get hurt, undergo surgery, and you're probably going to be back on the free agency market and trying to figure out where to go from there. He look, I, I'm a big Jake Odorizzi fan. He gave us a few big moments for the Astros in his run. Um, but I think it's better days behind him, most likely. T- tonight, Luis Garcia is going to take the bump for the Strohs. Looking to get back to 500. Since the first time, since the first series of the year against the White Sox. Looking to take their second series in the row after beating the Pirates earlier this week. You, you think the Strohs, it's time to ride the ship, right, CD? I think it's I think it's time to ride the ship because you, you have to, right? If you don't get it done here, it's going to be tough to kind of get it going throughout the rest of the month, maybe into early May. Because you got some tough competition not too far down the road. And Texas, again, Texas is not that team from a couple years ago where, oh, they've they've got good talent, but they're very much kind of at the bottom of the barrel. So keep an eye on what's going to happen with those guys this weekend over in Texas. And you can hear all that action, by the way, over on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 tonight. And obviously the series finale Sunday. We'll be here on the game. Should be a fun series. Anytime those two collide, it's always a good time. We're going to take a step aside right now for the second time this hour, but we'll be back with plenty of more action right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
Welcome back into the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietor filling in for the Blonde Bomber. Having a great time with you on this beautiful Friday afternoon. CD, how about the good news that Hogan Harris, the former Raging Cajun guy, as he's getting called up to the big leagues. It's amazing to see him getting the opportunity to play in the bigs for the Oakland A's. Hey, well, I think we talked about it yesterday, how bad the Oakland A's were, 7-10. and 10. On the season, they kind of need all the helps they help they can get, and the fact that he's the 16th former Cajun to get called up to the majors is pretty impressive. Yeah, really cool. The former St. Thomas More product drafted in the third round of the 2018 Major League Draft by the Oakland A's, and look, they're work in progress. Like I just said, but I mean, I think they're. Alumnus Diaz might be their best player. <laughs> I think it is. It's a, it's a low bar to kind of hit, right? You know, it, it's way down there. But, hey, you get an opportunity to throw in the big leagues. That's nothing to bat an eye at. C- congratulations to Hogan Harris on getting called up to the bigs. Hopefully he could stick. Get to get more than a cup of coffee. Maybe stick around for a while. Third-round pick, you got to think they have a lot invested in him. Oh, exactly. They've got a lot invested in him, and it's wild to think that was 2018 was when he was drafted. It's like he's been toiling away in the minors for a good while, finally getting the opportunity to be in the show. Absolutely well-deserved. And look, not much doing so far this year. Really only pitching a four and a third's innings, uh, striking out five in that time. But, hey, look, they're ready for him. They need some bullpen help. They're going to bring in Hogan Harris to get an opportunity in the big leagues, and we love to see that. I think we have somebody else that wants to jump on in. Clint, who we have with us today? We got a guy, Paul. I called it earlier. looks like Paul came out of hibernation just now. Clint called you out, and you provided, Paul. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday. How y'all doing, fellas? Good. Oh, man. Look, me, I'm having a glorious time, man. You know, I've been relaxing, you know, enjoying you know, Goat James in the playoffs and them New York Knicks in the playoffs. On top of that, I feel it's Yankee year and Knicks year. They got a, I don't know if y'all noticed, they got a movie coming out about the Knicks, um, the Goat, um, Nate Clifton. They called him Sweetwater. You know, he's like the Jackie Robinson of basketball, which is going to be interesting of his story and the Knicks and everything, which is going to be awesome. Y'all need to check that out. For sure. Looking forward to that. Don't worry about that little, that little red stocking fan. <laughs> Don't you worry about him. You see, that man is in misery. He's about to go through another 84, 89 years of no championships. You, you, everybody knows the Ugly Sox want to be the Yankees so bad. They're not even the twos. They're somewhere at the bottom. They're not even on the list. Nobody's worrying about them. You saw the season last year. That's about to happen again. That's how they're going to two-peat. Two seasons in a row losing. Now, nah, they got the Yankees, you know, at four, at fourth best about having a chance of winning the um, championship this year. How y'all feel about that? Well, look, the Yankees started the year eight and five, looking good so far. Look, Tampa's thirteen and zero. We know they're not going to continue that kind of pace throughout the yeah, year. Boston, yeah. bottom dwellers, I, I, five yeah, and eight. I hate, I hate the Devil Rays. <laughs> I hate those Devil Rays with a passion. They won't go away. They won't go away. You know, the season they had last year, I expected them to take a big dive this year. All of a sudden, they undefeated. <laughs> I, 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 Foot was never lying about that team, man. 
They homegrown is whatever they doing is working, man. I can't lie. No superstars you know? on the roster. They just find a way to get it done. If you want to know a team, I, I think has a chance to play spoiler in that division. I, it's the Blue Jays for me. They've they've gotten better on the pitching staff, and they got some young guys, and they could hit. Oh man, you know, you know, it's still early. It's still early. Anything can happen, but. I think my division gonna be tough. I ain't worried about the ugly socks. I'm not, but I just think our division gonna be tough. How you feel about the Astros this year? Well, look, they're gonna have to turn it on. It's starting out a little slow. The lineup's still trying to figure out. Dusty's figuring out how he wants to piece this thing together. Mm-hmm. Still battling injuries. I think when it's all said and done, the lineup's gonna be fine. Uh, I, I told mm-hmm. Clint yesterday the pitching rotation. A lot of good pitchers. I don't know if they have one of the elite arms. You know, we need to see Framber mm-hmm. really take that next step up. But I think in that division, you know, they're gonna be tough to beat. Are they going to cheat again? One of them. <laughs> I, hey. I, I'm looking. I'm. I'm looking for the Mets. You know, I think the Mets. I think it might be a Mets year, man. From seeing them progressing over the years, you know, they just can't close. They can't finish, but they they can hurt you. They can hurt you. That's what I'm looking at. But I think I don't think nobody's sleeping on the Yankees because, like, oh, they're gonna make it to the playoffs, but they're not gonna win. I worry about that whenever we get to the playoffs. I think to see how this season go, I think if the Yankees make the playoffs, the Piper gonna let us win this year. I think people are gonna get comfortable with them. Like, oh, the Yankees gonna make the playoffs. They gonna lose, so we ain't gonna worry about them. And I think we're gonna catch somebody sleeping. And I hope it's the Astros. <laughs> the we Astros has been there. daddy over the last <laughs> what six, seven years. So hopefully y'all are on the other side and we could play you guys in the ALCS. Who's your team? <laughs> the Strohs. <laughs> oh, you're a Strohs fan too. Oh, oh yeah, Paul. You're surrounded, Paul. You, you, uh, look, we're it's it's geography. I mean, it's it's where we're from. Man, that's sad, man. <laughs> I, I mean, we got to get that change. Dawson, Foot. I thank God for RP3, you know, but man, y'all, y'all full of Astros over there. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. Let's talk about the NBA real quick. You, you talk about your buddy King James. I mean, he got through the playing game. You, you feel pretty good about his opportunity to maybe, you know, make a, a couple upsets in the tournament playoffs? Yes, yes. I, I said them and the Pelicans healthy um, would be able to go to the finals. And I had third the Kings. So I think they healthy. I think they're going to the finals. Wow, you know, and depending on who they play in the championship, they can win it. Wow, if they healthy, they can win it. They can win it. The West is weak; it's wide open for anybody to take. The East is a little tougher. So, who you like in the East? My Knicks. That's it. The Knicks. That's it. Nobody else, huh? That's it. I, I I don't think we can beat the Bucks with the Greek freak. So I need the most sorry Celtics and Seventy Sixers. One of them to take them out. I think both of them is fraud. I think the Celtics is a fraud team, overrated. Um, we swept them this year. I think Philadelphia problem is um, Joel and um, Harden. You got injuries, and then they know the choke in the playoffs. So I just need one of those teams to beat the Greek, and we Mondays can beat them too in seven games. We can beat them. Well, there you, know, you and go. That's us hosting that trophy up, and we're going. In the words of LeBron, we're going to hold that trophy up. Sweet water, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the call, Paul. Hope you have a good weekend, All my right. man. Take it easy, bro. You have a blessing. There you have it. Hey, look, Clint calls him out. He calls in. Easy as that. Yeah. Oh, no. And it's like we talk about the Yankees. It's got – is everything – because I was th- – I, I thought about this the other day because I saw a video. I don't know if you saw it or not. 
There was a video of him, uh, the bad boy for the Yankees. Yep, had the long hair with Looked the, like the he, facial hair. He could have fit in with him, uh, the cast of Days Infused. <laughs> and like you got Michael Kay and his guys ripping on him. That's kind of why I've never been a Yankees fan. The way they always have to be like they're. I understand George Clean Stein. Cut. Yeah, I understand the reasoning behind it with George Steinbrenner being part of the military. Respect to him. I wanted to bring that to the MOB, but he never relented on that. And I think that's what made me not like him nearly as much because it was always like rigid. Either you do this or you don't. Unless you have a mustache, you can't have any facial hair. Hair can't be more than this length or whatever. It's like, no. You and I would be in trouble, right? Absolutely. We, we would be reprimanded. <laughs> I'd be... If I was actually good enough to play, I, well, hold on, play. If I was good enough to play baseball, I would have pulled an Eli Manning and be like, "If y'all pick me, y'all best trade me to some other team because we don't want to deal with y'all stuff." Hey, like Ken Griffey Jr. said, right? Yeah. If that's the only team left, I'm gonna retire. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why we love Ken Griffey, man. Hey, you gotta love the kid. We're gonna take our last break here in the first hour. When we come back, still plenty of action to be had right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. A shot to left field, going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the goner. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And your home for the Houston Astros. Welcome back into the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for the Blonde Bomber and having a wonderful time with all of you folks in South Louisiana this afternoon. Beautiful weather outside, too, CD. Tremendous. Little little damper tomorrow, but boy, we'll take this oh, weather yeah. while we have it, right? Oh, trust me. We will take this all day, every day. Now, if only like it can stay a consistent temperature, because I, I swear, man, like, like Good Friday, I don't know about you, but... I did not expect it to be as chilly as it was. I, I was out of town for work last week in Philadelphia, so it was a lot colder for me up there. Um, I, I came back to nothing but rain and misery down here. I was like, where were you at last week? <laughs> Philadelphia. Nowhere you want to go. Uh, the exact opposite. So you didn't have any crawfish Good Friday. You probably had- I, I came back. I was back home for Friday. But that, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, Good Friday, it's like, what the hell just happened? That was uh, probably one of the my least favorite bigger cities I've ever been to in, in my life. Really? Why? I'm, I'm curious. Just the people. <laughs> it, it's really... Well, I think that's uh, most big cities, let's be honest. Well, it's just really older. It's very dirty. Um, you know, people in the Northeast probably aren't as friendly as we are down here. Wouldn't a lot of, hey, how's your mom in them when you walk around the street? You know what I'm saying? It was, well, that, uh, that's, like, again, yeah. most big cities to begin with. So you were, you were in Philly, the home of WrestleMania 40 next year. Well, it... I'll say this though. I thought the area that they have, the stadium and stuff, was was pretty cool. It's all in one one little spot. Passed by there, saw where the Eagles, Phillies, 76ers, Flyers play. He didn't try and make a tr- quick trip to Pitt? No. Oh, the, come on now. Pitt, Pitt's far, man. Pittsburgh's oh, really? Across, I yeah, yeah, it's across the state. But still, like, come on, man. Like, you don't make any trips over there? Nah. I think. Uh, I think I'd much rather anywhere else in the country besides the Northeast. <laughs> oh, well, like I mean, Pittsburgh seems like a great place. I've been to Pittsburgh. People are a little bit more friendly there, more down to earth. Uh, good food. I, I like Pittsburgh. Was cool. I mean, that's our guy Alan Michaels' stomping grounds, for sure. Are you going to make it over to the Teague this weekend and take any of those ball games? I might. 
I'm debating. I'm kind of going back and forth because I'm like, you brought up Saturday. I'm like, because we've been saying it. We said it yesterday on the show where, oh, it's supposed to rain. It's supposed to be a damper. I'm like, is it really, though? Call me when the rain actually comes. Yeah, it's, it seems like we've been dancing around the rain all baseball season. Tomorrow, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, possibility to do the I'm same like, thing. Tonight would be the night to go to go see. Now, since we're on the subject of that, I'm wondering, what do you think LSU does with the situation of potential rain going to be hitting around first pitch time? Do they do they try and move up the game, or do they try and say, hey, like Tennessee? Oh no, not Tennessee. Listen to me, Kentucky. Hang tight for a day. Let's finish a series on Sunday. Do you think that's a possibility? I think tomorrow the rain's pretty consistent, starting at nine a.m. Yeah. So to move it up might not be an option. Um, it, it could rain pretty much the whole day. Sunday's looking beautiful. Sunday looks to be great weather. So I would hope they would make a decision like that. Be a lot, you know. We got to get the game in. Can't have two two weekends in a row where you only get two games in. Yeah, but at the same time, it's a nightmare for people like us here at Delta Media because we've got to do a bunch of um, uh, mental and physical gymnastics between all the other broadcasts that we have with the Astros and the LSU Tigers here on the game because LSU always takes precedence and that that cause. Now, mind you, it could work out because you could put the LSU game up on early. Because the Astros Sunday night is going to be a Sunday night baseball game. We're not worried about your stress. We just want to make sure we can consume oh, of all the sports. So CD has to stress. Yeah. We're okay with that. Well, right? our guy RP3 has to stress. He has to, I mean, the three hairs left on his head might fall <laughs> off by then, but you know. RP3, that was not me who said Just give him a little help. Hey, I'm I'm what, I'm the operations manager, so, you what, know. What about the Cajuns? You think they push that, you know, doubleheader on Sunday? I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like that. But again, they have a turf field, so as like they could probably play through the rain as long as it's not too bad, and also you don't have any of that um, uh, lightning. That's the big key there. Like if you don't have lightning, you probably can get a game in in weather as long as it's not like a torrential downpour. It could just be a steady downpour. We don't know what is coming of it. That's the thing. Of course, of course, the Cajuns tonight, six p.m. over at the Teague before. The last two games of the series, tomorrow, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and Sunday, 1 p.m. matinee baseball over at the Teague. The Raging Cajuns come in 24-10, and 9-3, and three, leading the pack in the Sun Belt Conference. Troy Trojans, 23-11, and 6-6 six and six in the Sun Belt. Higher RPI than the Raging Cajuns, though. It's a, it's a pretty big series, I think. You know, you started out hot, you want to stay hot. It's going to get much tougher as the season goes on. Can they keep that pace up? I think this is where it starts. This is where it gets a little tougher. CD, you, you, we talked about it before coming on air. Yeah, like the the rest of the right way is absolutely going to be tough because you got JMU, you got Southern Miss, Texas State. You've got the heavy hitters the rest of the way, but getting past Troy, that could potentially give you a little bit more control of the Sun Belt Conference and maybe build you up to a certain point. But what I'm, I think we're we're all interested in is seeing what happens when Cages and LSU do face off in the midweek next week. Yeah, for sure. But before that, look, these games are much more important than a midweek tilt. Oh, you know, no. you're talking about a Sun Belt conference. Probably get you say three. that, but at the same time, in terms of points, that I, that could be something that huge. Let's say Cajuns pull off an upset uh, over LSU. I agree. That's M- much more important saying. for the Cajuns than the Tigers from no, when it comes yeah. to RPI standpoint. Absolutely. Uh, look, Troy though, Troy absolutely can hit the baseball. They're seventh in the country at home runs, sixty three long balls on the year. 
the Cajuns are going to have to pitch well. Starting tonight, Jack Hammond taking the mound, 3-2 and two with a 3.4 ERA. Is he somebody you have complete confidence in, Clint? Not necessarily. Like I've been to a few Friday night games. He's been feast or famine. I just, I'm not sold on him. Hopefully he can turn it around. But based off of what I've seen, I can't trust him. At the same time, I can say that about a lot of the pitching well, staff. Who, who that you say? Who's your have. guy? Who you trust the most on this staff? Is it? I mean, Blake McGee comes in one and zero with a .68 ERA, but the small sample size. This is a very small sample size. There's not guys I can truly trust to get you to be like a guaranteed win. Not like guys like Gunnar Leje, but that's never been Dex's style. Dex's style is more getting things done all around the base paths, and as long as you get that going, you could have a middle of the road pitcher and probably still wind up winning at least. A third, a third of your games that way. Right. I, I think that's the way that they keep them in the game. That's all you have to do is keep us in the game, let us find ways to score runs, and we'll make sure that happens. Boy, first hour, so much fun, went by so fast. A ton of fun still on the other side of the break, including Blake Rafino joining us at 3.30 to break all things down LSU. So stick around right here with us on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Welcome back into the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Viatar filling in for the Blonde Bomber. And boy, we had a ton of fun in hour number one. CD, the famous one, behind the glass. Him and I just chopped it up old school style. And we are just enjoying this glorious Friday afternoon. Of course, we're broadcasting live from the FCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. CD. You know we're having a good time when people want to join in and have fun with us, right? Let's head on out over to the game hotline. And who do we have, CD? We got Matt on the line. Matt. He's been waiting patiently. Matt, we can't even, I couldn't even get the guy's name. That's my fault. Matt, how are you on this Friday afternoon? Man, it couldn't be better. A beautiful day. And, and I, I just had to say, because I've been listening you know, in and out all day, even the top of the hour of sports, and not one mention of the greatest sports spectacle that happened last night, which was the USFL championship. There were hundreds <laughs> of people packed in the stands in Canton, Ohio, Wait, it, for the championship game. Now, look, the only reason I knew about it is there was nothing on TV. I'm flipping through all 100, 200 channels, whatever it is. I get to FS1, and it says USFL championship. I'm like, oh, football, okay. You know, I'll watch a peewee game. I don't care. Flip to it, a minute 43 left. And the Birmingham Stallions defeated the Philadelphia whoever's, because I have no clue, 33-30. to 30. And not one mention of this this great sports spectacle. So I just wanted well, to bring. I think it to that the was forefront. a re- I think that, that was a replay. That game was played in in July of last year on July third of yeah. last year. That was played. That that's the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, but the XFL's about to wrap up, so. Hey, that's how desperate I was to watch football. Is I watched that garbage. Oh my god! Well, you could have so watched I'm the so Florida Gators to- spring game. <laughs> 
That was an offense spectacle in itself. 16 yards total passing from the quarterbacks in the first half. <laughs> Look, there's there's more excitement in a spring game in, the, in that junk. So if it, if it lives another year, it's going to blow my mind. Um, just real briefly on, on LSU baseball last night, because the, the word Piper comes up uh, during foot show. And the only thing that worries me is LSU just absolutely blasted Kentucky last night. What's going to happen these next few games? Um, I'm hoping the Piper doesn't come back to bite him. You guys have a great day. I appreciate it, Matt. You have a great weekend as well. I, I'm serious. Swear. Last night watching the ball game, I texted a buddy of mine after the second inning said, hey, we better save some runs for the rest of the weekend. I want to exactly. use all our runs. <laughs> you, you, are, you are definitely a subscriber to the Kevin Foote theory. Hey, you don't want to score too many runs in game one of a series for sure. No, you just don't want to score too many runs in a game to begin Ever. with. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's tough to kind of continue that momentum. It, it's very difficult. I, look, I subscribe to a lot of Foote-isms for sure, that being one of them. But I, I do like when good things happen to my team. <laughs> Foote, on the other hand, thinks of too many good things happen to your team. It's bad. <laughs> good things are bad. I got Dawson. Like, I don't know if you heard that or not. He's actually going to try and like break down whether or not Foot's theory holds water from from a baseball perspective. Yeah, from the runs? yeah, yeah, the score too many runs. I'm like, he's going to do this during the summer. I'm like, God bless you. I would love to. That, that spreadsheet's going to be glorious. Yeah, so many pivot charts and stuff you could build <laughs> off of that and figure out if Foot's right. I guarantee you, Foot's going to be right in the long run. No, I, I think that. I think Foot. You know, it's probably, I'd say, 80-20-70-30 type vibe with that. Because the, like, there's some games, like the Cajuns, they, they've they had games where they'll put up bunches of runs and then they'll win the next night. But I feel like that Piper gets paid the next day. I've seen it. Ha- like There was in, one in particular where Cajuns, they didn't play Friday. They had to play a doubleheader that Saturday. It was like probably like six years ago. They had that happen. Doubleheader game one, they put up like 20 runs. Next game, they didn't put up a doggone thing. Sunday, same exact situation. Didn't put up hardly any runs. So the foot theory holds a lot of water. I'm always going to be team foot on this project that Dawson, I don't know how he's going to do it, how he's going to undertake this over the course of the summer. So keep it locked right here on the game to figure out what happens. Tip of the cap to Mr. Dawson to undertake such a project what okay outside of that that you know what what is your favorite or footism that you buy into the most that's an interesting question that could be that could oh, be a poll question if somebody wants to use that i'm trying to think of like any other footisms off top like obviously i'm kind of agreeing with him what he was saying about you know run the ball downfield when you when you kick the field goal make it I think that's absolutely one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean. The free throws, make your free throws, because they ain't free. Dude, that that one's probably up there. So I can't look, think of too many more. You got any off top? No, no. I think that's the one that I just buy into the most. It's the I, one that probably holds the most water. Like you, so medicine seasons. I don't buy into that. You know, after a big season, you you know, win the championship it, next year. He's probably thinking the Strohs are on their way to a medicine season this year. Nah, no, no. He it's not a medicine season for foot. It's a hammock season. Well, for him, yes. But I, I don't think he has got to realize like the Astros. You think after 2017 they'd have a medicine season? Look, they've been the most consistent. consistent franchise in the last what seven eight years i mean i mean they've probably been the most consistent team in the league the last like 
in the last 10, 15 years because of what they've done in this time frame. Because you go back 2017, you were in the World Series, you won it. 2018, you were in the ALCS, lost to the eventual World Series champion Red Sox. 2019, you got to the World Series, lost to the Nationals. 2020, you were in the ALCS, lost to the Tampa Bay Rays, who, if I'm not mistaken, won the won the World Series that year. In that 2020 season, they were just kind of like, uh, like they weren't, you know, they they were struggling a yeah. lot through that year to to get to that point. But still, they got to the ALCS. 2021, you get to the World Series, you lose. 2022, you get back to the World Series, you win it all. That's pretty doggone consistent year over year, being able to. Get to the, you've gotten to the World Series way more in the last. Sure. But th- look, I'm so thankful that they got over the hump last year. Yeah, they were look this close to being the the 1990s Atlanta Braves, right? That that's essentially what they were until they the got three the and five. Yeah, you know, I mean, kind of like the San Francisco Giants too. Well, no, I mean that the Braves didn't get over the hump as much. True, you know, true. they they struggled when they got to the dance, uh, win all those division titles, and have one World Series to show for it. Uh, but they were able to get the second one, which is huge. No, yeah, it's absolutely huge. And he's probably going to be before too long getting things. I mean, just the fact that Dusty got one, I think that was the happiest part of it for me. Like, yes, it's great to see the Astros win it all again and kind of shut up the the rest of the world of baseball. Be like, oh, they, they only won a title because of cheating and all that stuff. Trust me, they're damn good, and they were able to kind of get it done. I just saw this pop up on my feed from Dove Kleiman about him, uh, Foster Moreau. And he says that he's received a good prognosis about his Hodgkin's lymphoma, saying it appears to be a slow spread and they should be able to get rid of all of it. So that's some great news that's right there. That's awesome news, man. I, like, fantastic news about the former Tiger. That was gut-wrenching. I remember reading that when it came out, you know, to find out that you, you know, have – an illness such as he got diagnosed with in a physical. <laughs> I mean, that's like the third time that's happened. Like, that's the wild thing about, like, the Saints. As much hell as we give them for the whole Oshner and how sometimes they don't necessarily catch injuries or something along those lines. I mean, for years, like, the Greenbrier was the biggest bugaboo. And for years, the you look at what's going on with the Saints, injuries have just plagued this team. And you had, if not mistaken, Nick Fairley. You found out he had a heart defect. He retired. Guy that you signed in free agency never played a down. It was a long snapper. Guy's name I can't remember off top. And then Foster Moreau. You found, you were able to find out through a physical he had Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's great to know that things are are on the up for him, though. Couldn't be happier for him. Look, he's a guy, too. His story is phenomenal. You know, he wasn't necessarily going to be in LSU's class in his year getting recruited. Came down to the wire. LSU had an extra scholarship. Bring Foster Moreau in. Had a great career over in Baton Rouge. Gets drafted by the Raiders. Had a pretty solid career over there. Las Vegas Raiders. And now, you know, trying to find that next home. But, hey, talk about a, a great young man. Glad to hear that about him for sure. Clint, did, are you keeping up with the Fernando Tatis stuff, man? Not really. Again, I, I it's wild though. Like when you mentioned to me off air, I'm like, wait a minute. So listen, He's still serving his suspension. All right, Fernando Tatis suspended 80 games for performance enhancing drugs. Not supposed to be playing baseball, right? Yet they're letting him play minor league baseball as he's gearing up to his return to the majors in a week. 
Last night against minor league pitching, the young man goes five for six with a double, three home runs, and drove in eight runs, including a 451-foot moonshot. Do you think it's fair that he's allowed to play minor league baseball while serving a 80 game suspension for performing enhancing drugs. I, I, I don't get it. If you're suspended, you shouldn't be allowed to play the game. No, no, no. I'm in, I'm in complete agreement with you. There's no way he should be playing a game regardless of what level of classification it is. The only reason why an MLB player should be playing in a minor league game is if it's a designated rehab start. Give me a couple starts. You know, minor league starts to get back yeah. to the bigs. If he was like off a of suspension, then yeah, that's fine. But he still got. I mean, how many games left does he have of his suspension? He, he, he comes back next week. I think he comes back on uh, Thursday of next week. I never even thought he was actually like still suspended till you brought it up to me. Okay, like at first, I'm like, and I'm just why is he still playing in there if he's playing that good? Well, I mean, he hadn't played in the league since 2021. You got to remember, last year he was injured, had the shoulder surgery, a couple of wrist surgeries as well before he got popped with the PEDs. So I, I just don't understand for the life of me how it's okay to be suspended from baseball, yet they're allowing him these these games. He's been playing in the minors for a week now. Were they going to give him two weeks to to get back right before coming in to to his major league debut, first time in two years? How's that fair? How's that right? I don't I don't get it. These these guys in, in my opinion, if you're suspended, you know, you, you should probably not be ready to play <laughs> until your games are up. If you want to go through a minor league rehab stint at that point, C D, I think that's when it should start. After you have served your 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 time. Exactly, exactly. We got Martin. I'm allowing him to get on for just a moment, but he he'll be on a moratorium for the weekend after this. Martin, what you got? All right, uh, so one thing I had to touch on, well, one thing my buddy Paul said, don't sleep on the Yankees, I'm going to do them one, one more better. I will, I'll take a long nap on the Yankees because the Yankees are boring. They put me to sleep, their uniforms are ugly. And one more thing for my buddy CD, bring back the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. You got more wrestling fans in this area than you think, and yes, wrestling is a sport, and they are athletes. Have a good one, guys. Appreciate it, Martin. My guy Martin said he wants to bring back that wrestling talk, man. He wants to bring back the podcast, man. I think, uh, like look, I said, the last like the last two days, I mentioned it to you off here. I have not cracked open a live mic. I have a podcast mic at home. That's where, I, like, the Cage Strong Style podcast, going to break open a little kayfabe here and break the fourth wall. I actually taped that in my house. I actually have a microphone at home. I have not plugged that into my laptop in, like, four months. And the last two days, I said to somebody, I said to you, said to some people off air, I'm like, I'm starting to get that itch again. Is the Cajun Strong Style podcast going to come back? It might be. Just keep an eye out. I'm just, my thing is, I'm wanting to keep it consistent because I felt like once like football season started and my focus became high school football and all that stuff, it took away from me actually getting around to doing it. Gives you the itch. You're going to be on air now two days in a row, four hours each day. Yeah, I, I think over the weekend you're going to take some time back and you're going to say, "Man, I should bring back the podcast." I think that might happen over the weekend. That might be the first. Step. That might be the first dangerous step. You know, it's not, like you know, <laughs> keep it with the wrestling thing. Then we'll take a quick timeout. Is Tony Schiavone like he had left the wrestling business altogether for years? Was calling baseball for the Gwinnett Braves or Gwinnett? I don't know how to pronounce the name. 
But he gets in touch with Conrad Thompson, gets back into the wrestling game. Now he's part of TNT every and TBS every single week. Maybe this is you're my Conrad Thompson, and I'm Tony Schiavone. We're bringing you back, buddy. You're, We're bringing you back. Just to when the I thought side. I was out, I'm back in Godfather style. <laughs> so hey, keep an eye out. You might see Cajun Strong Style podcast back sooner than you think. C-Dub's throwing the hands up. He's not saying no, folks. He's not saying no. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, still plenty of sports talk to get to right here on your favorite station, The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar. Filling in for the Blonde Bomber. Last day of vacation for Mr. Jordy. He'll be back with you starting Monday. But CD and I have been holding down the fort the last couple days and bringing back all the nostalgic vibes for everybody. People the- wanting the podcast back. <laughs> I'm surprised T didn't demand bring back him uh, under the dome. I'm surprised that wasn't brought up yet. Our guy T. We hadn't heard from T yet today. We know T's out there. I, T got his shots in yesterday, yeah. so I, th- I think he's he's good. If he wants to call, I mean, yesterday I had Frank call in, like wow. during during crunch time. I, like Frank, I think he was more over the moon than anybody else. Old school stuff. Oh, like I mean, Frank for a while, like he admittedly told me in a private conversation, he was kind of you know checked out on the game, and then obviously Miguez and Mesh took over. And he's gotten back onto the side of of righteousness and greatness that is the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, a station where we don't have to call ourselves the GOAT. Ooh, shade. All right, I like it. I mean, we got plenty of shade here inside (laughs) the Evco Development Studios. For sure, especially with that beautiful sun we're having right now. Need a little shade. (laughs) You're right. Thankfully, Thankfully, the weather is like not too hot. It's just right. It's, it's perfect. I mean, this morning, you, you're talking about weather that kind of flip-flops. We're down to, what, like 50-something degrees this morning, back up to, it's about a, a crisp 80 now outside. Not too bad, though. I call this good patio weather, CD. Watch some baseball on the patio, maybe a couple cold pops. One of the best times of the entire year. Do we have another caller want to jump in and play with a CD? We pretty much are calling the listeners to call in at this point. So it's a lot like Beetlejuice. <laughs> You say his name three times, he shows up. T, what's going on, brother? Never a doubt in my mind that T would call in today. Never a doubt. T, happy Friday, buddy. How are you? Hey, happy Friday to y'all. Killing that show. Let me just tell y'all that first. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Always like to hear from you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, First of all, the Astros, uh, I'm with foot. I'm just relaxing. Hammock season. I'm not panicking. Hey, it is what it is. Like uh, like Foot says, you know, hammock season. Relax. You can't take it too serious quite yet. You you got to let this thing play out. Look, I guarantee you, we get down into August some point. That hammock's going to come off the hooks for Foot, and he's going to take it a little more serious. Especially if the Strohs are you know up ten games or so in the division. 
getting run at by the Mariners or something. We're closing in on some playoff action. Foot will get off the hammock for a little while. Okay, put, put the brakes on there, Blaine. Put the brakes. We're going to wait to see if that happens, but I'm with you on that. And, uh, man, did, oh, one question. Have y'all heard anything more on uh, Gavin Duga? No, I haven't. Other than in the post game yesterday, I saw Leo Van post that the trainer had good prognosis to Jay Johnson. He he thinks it's going to be okay. Might not be as bad as it seems. Um, I, I probably wouldn't expect him back this weekend, but I don't think he'll be on the shelf for long. I know he's really interested in getting uh, Paxton Kling back out there as well, who tweaked the hammy in the win over Tulane on Tuesday night. Those are two injuries I think LSU is going to need down the stretch, especially if you're going to have as much, uh, you know, if you got so many arms flying off on the pitching side, you're going to need those bats in the lineup to kind of keep the runs rolling in Baton Rouge. No doubt. No doubt. Um, are you kind of worried about Christian Little? Tomorrow? Yeah, I, I am. I am a little concerned on, on the Sunday situation. I am too. Um, I, I, but at the same breath, I, I don't know who else I would put out there, T. I, I think this is going to be an LSU team that will probably have to mash their way to some victories in game threes of series. And But I, I'll put our first two up against a lot of teams in the country. I mean, I think Paul Skeens is probably the best pitcher in all of America. And, and look, don't sleep on Floyd. I think Floyd's a, a Good pitcher. He'll he'll get it together. I know his ERA might be a little higher than most would like, but he's he's shown good poise and he and he doesn't break down. You know he'll pitch himself out of jams and he it's okay. Gives up a first first inning home run a couple weeks ago. Comes back seven strong after that. So I think he's he's a guy who settles in. I like the bats behind him. Um, I, I'm more concerned probably with the Sunday as well as the, the back end of the rotation. I don't know if we could really count on Gavin Guidry to be like that lockdown closer that we're going to need to win big series down the road. He might be at second base tonight. <laughs> might, Never you're know. right. You're right. He might you play know? second base. Uh, uh, but um, anyway, well, guys, love the show, man. Y'all keep it up. I appreciate it, T. I hope you have a good weekend, man. Enjoy that weather today before the rain tomorrow. I know, right? Y'all as well. Take care, Thank T. You. Hey, my guy, T, man, that always puts a smile on my face when he calls. And he wants to talk Tigers? Yeah, I could talk to that guy all day long. I, I, I'm pretty excited for the next segment. At 3.30, Blake Rafino of Are You Serious Sports is going to join us. We're going to talk about LSU. We'll talk about Gavin Dugas as well as the pitching rotation. But we're going to talk a little spring football as well. I, I'd like to know his opinion on some of the, the injuries they're facing. I know Major Burns went out with an injury. There's rumor that he maybe had surgery here recently. Blake will be able to break it all down for us and, and let us know. Are you uh, are you a spring football guy, Clint? Are you Is that something that you gets you excited, holds you over? Are you too invested in baseball at this point of year? It depends on the – like we're talking about spring football, we're talking practice, right? Yeah, yeah. We're I'm not, not, I'm I'm not ju- talking about a USFL or XFL yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, no, if it's XFL or USFL, hell yeah. Oh, you're if in for that. You're in for that. Yeah, okay. I, th- there's different There's different degrees of it. Like, But spring football, glorified practice spring football. Practice. It doesn't do anything for okay. me, brother. Like I just So you don't, you don't get involved like the – look, this is where – especially, I, I mean, for the Cajuns past as well. life, yes. But not not as much now. I like to see the young guys get the reps. These are very valuable reps for these young guys. You get to kind of see what some of these guys got made. Like the the young freshmen that are coming in, they should still be in high school. They're getting reps at the college level. I, I enjoy that. 
Um, it gives you something to read about and get excited for football. But at the same time, does it really, like, long-term, like, it's good to have some takeaways from it, but it's not, like, if it's just a spring game, okay, cool. I'll I'll keep track of it. Not like all the So you're not worried about the practices and, and going back and reading reviews and recaps and watching clips and stuff like that. It's not your jam. No. Okay. You, what are we talking about? We're talking about practice. Practice, practice. AI. No seven V seven for C D. Oh dude, no. Like seven V seven especially. Like get just get me the damn games that matter. Toe mean leather. Like, okay, I got a spring question. Spring football, XFL, what, USFL, hell okay, yeah. Okay, what if college football would play like an exhibition game in the spring versus another university? And it'd probably be more controlled. Probably be some 7v7. Probably be some goal line or d- down and distance situations. Would you be for that? Would you get that? That would tickle you a little bit. So what you're saying is kind of like what we see during the fall ball for college baseball? Yeah. Something, something that like I'd that. be cool with, honestly. like Probably a little more structured and controlled. It'd though. be an exhibition. I I would not hate that at all, to be honest with all you. Right. If you do a 7v7 spring, like, because it's one thing to do like a vermilion and white or purple and gold spring game where you're playing against the same guys. I think the players would love it too, to be honest with you, playing against somebody else. Because you hear it all the time during like fall camp about how – like anxious these players are to look forward to actually hitting somebody else hitting right? somebody else hitting somebody they don't care about and just rocking them like that's what i would love to see but obviously we're probably not going to see that anytime soon because the ncaa might want to put a kibosh on it because they, they don't like a whole lot of things fun they still haven't given us our football game Blaine, come on, NCAA, man. the fun please. Well, we're not going to be the fun please. We're going to step aside and take a quick break because when we come back, Blake Rafino of RU Serious Sports is going to join us for all thing LSU Tigers right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietor filling in for the Blonde Bomber and join this wonderful Friday afternoon with all of you guys in South Louisiana. We have a special guest over on the game hotline, so we're not going to waste any time and head straight there and bring on Blake Rufino of RU Serious Sports. Blake, happy Friday. How goes it? Happy Friday, Blaine. How we doing? Oh, man. Couldn't be better. Baseball's looking great. Middle of spring football, a lot of things to be excited about for a Tiger fan. No doubt. Uh, obviously, LSU, massive game last night, uh, beating Kentucky the way that they did, 16-6. to And so now we see if Ty Floyd can uh, have a good night. Yeah, that, I, look, he's he's been a guy who's pretty dependable for LSU on the mound, but that seems to be an area where there could be a little bit of concern for LSU, especially for a third-line starter. Um, But, I mean, look, this lineup looks like it can mash its way to victory no matter who's on the bump for the Tigers. What's your thoughts on LSU's pitching situation as we continue to go on this season? Well, you're going to have to have a lot of guys step up. I mean, a lot of young guys. I mean, does Griffin Herring go tomorrow? Does he start? 
You know, do we see Gavin Guidry from Lake Charles tonight after Ty Floyd? Uh, so, Blaine, really you're going to have to see a bunch of uh, younger dudes step up, and I think tonight you're going to get your first taste of it. Now it's going to be Bozma uh, from Kentucky who has, a, I think, like a 2.9 ERA, 2.9-something ERA. So he's been really good, or, or let's see if Zach Lee for Kentucky comes back in, but uh, regardless, you're going to have to have massive output from freshmen that you shouldn't be asking to have to step up. They're going to have to step up. And you mentioned Gavin Gidry. I mean, he's a guy who could contribute in more than one way tonight, right? Gavin uh, guy goes out with an injury last night. Uh, yep. We saw Gidry at the back end of the bullpen a week ago. Is he somebody that figures into second base? Is he somebody that figures into the closer role? How do you think we're going to see Mr. Gidry this weekend? No, I think you're going to have to see Gidry specifically coming out of the pen, mainly due to Blaine. Who who would take? I mean, who would take Gavin Gidry's spot out of the pen right now? You know, if he goes to second, I mean, I just I, I fully expect Ben Napolt to start tonight and start uh, Saturday. I don't think Gavin Gidry's going to see any action at second base unless it's defensive. But I don't think that you pull Gavin Gidry for Ben Napolt for a defensive sub because Ben's been so solid there. Um, I think you're gonna. I think I think there's a really good chance, depending on how this weekend goes, that you could see Gidry tonight and Gidry again tomorrow. Looked awfully good in his opportunity last week in Columbia. I mean, is there somebody else though that you think could really fill that role as just that lockdown closer? I mean, this is not a position that we nearly thought we'd be in. We, we didn't even know if the young man would pitch. Now we're asking him to pitch not only quality innings but to close out ball games. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens when Nate Ackenhausen, the lefty, comes. Able to go uh, this weekend. Uh, Jay did not tell us that. Jay um, literally said in the, in the press conference that he has no idea when his timetable is. It could be the, tonight. It could be next weekend. Or it could be the weekend after that. He just doesn't know yet. But I think once you get Nate Ackenhausen back into that role, you, you, I think they work him in that way, and then I think I think ultimately he'll find his way as that Sunday starter. Just how I mean, he, he's the guy with the lowest uh, on a team ERA. Uh, I just think Ackenhausen's going to be that dude once it's all said and done. Turn our attention to the bats now. I mean, it's been a, a treat to watch this year. I mean, you have Dylan Cruz, who could quite possibly. In his career as the best baseball player to ever play at LSU, you have right behind yeah. him, you know Tommy White's back there. You, you, there's nowhere to hide in this lineup. You got to have quality pitches each and every at bat, and even when you pitch them quality, this team could hit them. Well, not only that, if you think about it, I mean, guy in the seventh hole is Braden Gilbert, and the guy in the eighth hole is Jordan Thompson, and Jordan Thompson's four, got a four-game uh, home run hit streak, and then Braden Gilbert. I mean, me and my family are on the way to Florida. The ball's just passing us. I mean, that's how far he hit that one last night. So, um, no, there's not. And then if Alex Malazzo is going to do that with the bat, which, by the way, Jay has completely changed that young man's career, um, then uh, there are no holes. Nowhere to hide for pitching staffs. Blake Rafino joining us right now of RU Serious Sports. Blake, let's turn the attention to football a little bit. They're in the middle of spring practice. Who are some young guys that is getting some valuable reps? They're battling a ton of injuries right now, but that could be a good thing, right, in the spring. A lot of young guys getting reps they probably wouldn't have the opportunity to get otherwise. Who's taking the most advantage of those opportunities? Yeah, I think – so when we spoke with Brian Kelly 
um, Blaine, I forget when it was, Monday or Tuesday, he said it was – he went out of his way to talk about the uh, freshman wide receivers, Kyle Parker and Jalen Brown. I think Kyle Parker's the dude that's really been turning a lot of people's heads offensively. Uh, but I think they're, they're really uh, – this entire stuff is really interested to see Deshaun Womack, the jack uh, linebacker, the, the guy that can move in into the inside a little in this three, three-man three front on that DN spot. So, But Kyle Parker so far this – this spring has been the dude. Uh, and then Javian Taviano, he's, he, he's been running with the ones since day one. So if he's going to continue to be in that role, he, he might be a day one starter for you. You're talking about young men who didn't even get to go to their high school prom already making headway on this LSU depth chart. Uh, look, Kyle Parker, they talk about how great of a route runner he is and how much separation he creates. But, boy, he's equally electric with the football in his hands. Seems like he's a touchdown waiting to happen, huh, Blake? Yeah, I, I think I mean Blaine. He just he he's the best route runner on the team. Without you talking about you, you said yeah. Kyle Parker, yes. right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he's the best route runner on the team. I mean, we went out to practice a couple weeks ago, and really, Blaine. I mean, I went I went over to the offensive side of things to watch the offensive line, and then the only the couldn't focus on him was because everybody's like ooh ooh because he's burning somebody. The, the you know his nickname is Seven Eleven. Uh, you know, people call him Seven Eleven because he's always open. So, uh, look, he he's been a tough guy to guard. Denver Harris, um, you know, and him were chirping back and forth. And Denver, I think, has has made it pretty well known that he is the toughest guy on this team to cover so far. Not named Aaron Anderson. So, if that's the case and if that's the truth, I'm not sure how you're going to keep him off the field. If that is going to be that young man's truth. Talking about Denver Harris, the Texas A&M transfer, is he a guy who's kind of starting to get his footing and figuring things out here in Baton Rouge? Mm, Well, I'm going to say yes, just due to you haven't seen or heard anything about him, (laughs) right? I mean, so (laughs) no news is good uh, news. (laughs) Yeah, no news is good news when it comes to Denver Harris. So yes, I do think that he's kind of selling it. But Blaine, like like uh, Brian Kelly uh, said to my question a couple about a month ago, he, he legitimately said that he ha- he doesn't have a choice, and he doesn't. So either he's going to have to figure it out, or, I mean, he, he can't go anywhere else. Where is he going to go? I mean, if he goes to back-to-back schools and has back-to-back issues, he, he, he's got to make it work here, and I think he has so far. He's looked good on the field. He's really physical. It reminds me a lot of Pat Sertan. I know a lot of LSU fans don't like hearing that name, but he reminds me a lot of Pat Sertan. About 6'1", 6'2", about 205 pounds, could run. So, I mean, he's going to be a really good corner for us. This springtime is also a great time for recruiting. A lot of guys coming in, taking visits. You think anybody's on the cusp of popping for LSU in this 2024 class? I do, but I think, well, I do, but I've been advised to keep to not say anything. So I think that there's going to be some Louisiana guys, especially in y'all's in your neck of the woods, Blaine. I think you can put two and two together. Who's on a visit to LSU right now? I think that they feel extremely good about that. So just let's put two and two together. And let me just let me just say he's a big dude. Love to hear it. I think our listeners know exactly who you're talking about. Where the West begins over in Scott, Louisiana. But like before we wrap up with you, you tell our listeners how they could find you. Yeah, AYS Sports across the board uh, every night at seven o'clock. Rafino and Joe show 
at 6 p.m. We go around the SEC. We talk college football. Uh, next week we have on the legend Bruce Feldman and a, a lot of great guests. So it's going to be fun. So subscribe, rate, notification bell, all that stuff. Y'all can hit us up there. Appreciate the time, Blake. Enjoy that time in Florida, Anytime my man. Anytime for you, man. Anytime for you, Daddy O. Appreciate it, Blake. Congratulations! I didn't tell you. I didn't get to tell you on the radio because I hadn't been able to get to you. But congrats. I appreciate that a ton, Blake. Thanks so much, my no man. No problem, man. We'll, you have a good. One. We'll talk soon, buddy. For sure, bud. All right. All right. Blake Rafino of Are You Serious Sports joining us right there, breaking down everything LSU from baseball all the way to football on the gridiron, and it's interesting that you know he brings up. Uh, some 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 big time recruits from over in this area that are over at LSU currently on visits that could pop at any moment. That would be tremendous news. <laughs> As uh, there's a young man from over at Acadiana that is ranked as probably the number one player in the state of Louisiana for the class of 2024. Dominic McKinley, defensive lineman. If he would pop for LSU, that would be huge news as he's a consensus top 25, top 30 player in the entire country. You heard Blake allude to that. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up this Friday edition of the Jardy Holberg Show right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Major League Baseball is back, and it's time for a tradition like none other. Old school baseball guys arguing with the analytical crowd on why RBI should still be relevant. Show us that million dollar arm because I got a oh, I got a good idea about that five cent head of yours. No, but seriously, what the heck is war? Yeah. What? Who comes up with this stuff? You're killing me, Smalls. Now, back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for the Blonde Bomber, and it's been a fun two days hanging out with all of you guys and the famous one, Clint Domingue, behind the glass. It's been uh, a trip down memory lane for a lot of you guys, as well as Clint and I bringing back some great memories of hanging out right here in the FCO Development Studio in Upper Lafayette. FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. We've been having a ton of fun and touching a variety of topics. Clint, it's kind of like those old producer days where you never quite knew what we were going to get into, if we're going to argue about field goals or extra points or overtime. Yeah. No, it's, it's been, it's been a great walk down memory lane, Blaine. And all, you know, one thing that we, you talked about with Blake and we talked about all of here, might as well bring it to the table here is the fact that now it's a little bit different for recruits because I saw this pop up. I think it was either yesterday or like. Tuesday night, or either it was either Thursday or Wednesday night. I can't remember which. Either way, I was at the gym, so it, the days kind of blend together in that sense. Humble break. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> anyways, so I see it pop up on my feed that they have a opportunity now for players where they will have unlimited visits going forward, un, un, unlimited official visits, one per university, essentially. So a guy like. Arch Manning or any other guys from this year's class, they can take full advantage of this and just go 
go to town and go to every college they want to. I mean, look, if I'm if I'm a five star kid, unlimited visits. I'm starting now because you could take visits now in the summer, right? Doesn't start. Yeah. Used, used to the calendar didn't start until August. So now we're gonna allow you to start taking visits now. Yeah. Hell, I'm hitting up some summer spots. I'm hitting up every <laughs> big game each and every week. I'm taking full advantage. Of all oh, the yeah. fun like, that can be had on these college like, visits, make it a make an opportunity to just do uh, do that. Because here's the thing: how many opportunities are you going to get in your life to go to, like during the summer, go check out the University of Miami, go check out Coach Prime in Colorado, go check out UCLA. You take your pig, brother. It's vacation time, man. Exactly. Like I mean, you're a college, you're a high school kid. Take advantage of it, man. Because you ain't going to have that many opportunities to travel the states like this. Like it's it's rare to get those. Look, I would release a like top thirty list too, right? <laughs> you and go, then I, I would get the schedule Casey Kasem out. style top forty, <laughs> and I would be out there like, okay, this game week one, this game week two. Hell, some weeks I might catch multiple games. You know, you're like me whenever I try to plan out my weekend. <laughs> like that's basically how I map out my weekend. It's like, oh hey, you know, like we're like tr- this weekend, you know, we're I, trying to maximize as much fun as we can, right? Exactly, exactly. We like, want to get as much run out of we can out of the weekend, and that's exactly what I would be doing as a high school recruit. Because like you only have so much time, and like again, we talk about it a lot throughout the last two days. How I don't do the show anymore on Saturdays. I have more weekends free. I'm able to do more what I want and what I like to do. So like I'm able to schedule out my weekend. Like I'm like, oh hey, you know, like there was a there's a run in like March where there was something going on every weekend and I was focused on that thing. Like Ma- went see the toughest monster truck tour, the Cajun Dome, Cajuns baseball game one day, LSU game on a, one Friday. Like I'm picking out stuff to where I'm gonna go enjoy myself. Hitting enjoy some life. gambling, little dating mixed in between. You know, CD's living his best life. Folks. And I'm and I'm itemizing and I'm, I'm optimizing everything over the weekends. Like I'm I'm definitely need to do that more with my actual job than you know my Outside after work activities. Hopefully, your boss isn't listening. Hey, you know, I am my own boss. Okay, sense. all right, all right. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody over here at the game. I had a great two days. I want to thank CD for holding it down behind the glass. Thank all the callers that called in. Thank our guy, Blake Rafino, for joining us today. CD, what are the weekend plans while, while we're talking about that? Man, I got nothing really truly. Plan some stuff's kind of in the works. I'll say again, Saturday's TBD because if the weather turns out to be a whole lot of nothing, like it's happened the last like twenty times, then maybe go catch a Cajun game Saturday afternoon. Sunday got some stuff stuff on the DL. Oh, all right, all right. I got some hey, stuff hey, look, going down. So respect I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna, enjoy, I'm gonna enjoy myself. But before that, you got two hours with our guy. Matt Miguez. Matt Miguez. What do you Miguez got planned for us, man? Uh, dude, he's got a fully loaded guest list. He's got Toby Christie talking some NASCAR. Love to hear that. Jake Crane, top of the 5 o'clock hour. Jake's takes each and every Friday. And then we got, we're going to have a definitely a 337 kind of vibe going on at 530 with a guy, Tyler Batista of the Athletic, talking NBA playoffs. Maybe we'll talk about how much we missed that Popeye's chicken buffet. Hey. Everybody misses that, right? Dude, it's it, every single person I think I've ever talked to misses that still to this day. For sure. So ton of fun still to be had. So make sure you guys keep the dial right here and join Matt Miguez and CD on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.